Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you just pray in the Holy Ghost? Pray in tongues for a bit. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray for yourself in the Holy Ghost. Okay, pray in tongues. My ears are open to receive. 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 I'm open to hear and to learn. I'm open to hear and to receive. I'm open to receive, open to learn, open to hear, open to be, open to be blessed this morning. The power of the Spirit is strong in our presence here this morning. The power of the Holy Ghost is mighty in our midst this morning. We are made better by the Word. We are made better by the Word. We are made stronger by the Word. We are made better by the Word. Canele sulago la smale go smale de gesis. Oh, pray some more. You are praying for yourself. He sent his word and his word heals him. Is what delivers them from all their oppressions. Is what brings direction. Is what brings clarity. Understanding. Is what brings peace. Is what brings strength. Is what brings freedom. Is what brings hope. Oh, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you. Because you are in our midst by your spirit. Thank you. Thank you because you are here. Mandele Kosadaga. La Paradiosa. Thank you, Lord. Mande Kosi La Paradela de Gesis. Thank you, Lord. Mandele Kasuto La Paradela Thank you for your help this morning. Thank you for the help of your Holy Spirit. Thank you this morning for your presence. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the presence of the Spirit. Thank you for the presence of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This morning we are helped to hear, we are helped to dispense, we are helped to communicate. And we'll leave here stronger, better than we came in in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we are prayed. We can have our seats. Hallelujah. John 12, 1 to 8. Life to the fullest. John 12, 1 to 8. Alright? John 12, 1 to 8. Okay, it's on the screen. Want to go... Six days before the Passover, 
Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given Jesus' honor. Martha served. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Verse 3. Okay, listen. This is for verse 3. Then Mary took about a pint or half a liter, okay, of pure nard, an expensive perfume. Look at this. She poured half a liter of expensive perfume, okay? She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Okay, verse, verse 4. Want to go, but, but, take note of the but. In all this, in the, you know, in how loud the moment was, in how, in all the smell, the, uh, what's happening here, the, uh, you know, washing his washing feet with his air, you know, it was a loud, a bold move. It was audacious. It wasn't just some quiet thanksgiving. This was bold. This was brash, you know, and also awkward. So imagine you're at a table, and someone comes to the table. Okay, just imagine that your boyfriend comes to the table, and just, you know, you're in public. Everybody's there, and he just comes and carries half a liter of perfume on, on your leg and starts massaging your leg and starts, like, okay, we are in public, okay. Um, all eyes on me. Okay, this is, you know. Yeah. Let's make, let's make it even worse. Like your babe. This is her hair, her wig. To be wiping your feet with, in public. All right. Look at this guy now. Look at this. See his own problem. You know what happened here? See this guy's problem. Okay? But, once we go, one of his disciples, that's his character, who was later to betray him, objected. Look at this. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Verse 6, look at this. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Verse 7, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she will save this perfume for the day of my burial. Verse 8, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, last week we read Luke 7, 36 to 50, where, you know, a similar occurrence happened. We're not sure if the same, same occurrence or a different one, okay? Now, this time it was in a Pharisee's house, and this woman, okay, that was known to have lived a sinful life, okay? She was a sinful woman. Everybody knew her as the sinful woman came there, you know, poured oil on Jesus' feet, you know, and wiped, you know, his feet with her hair and tears. And the Pharisee said, if he knew who this woman is, okay, he would not allow the man to come near him, not, not, not talk of him, touch him, or, you know, just awkward, right? Well, guess what? There, there, there and there also, Jesus did not reject the woman. You know, it, he appreciated the woman's genuine love and gratitude. He welcomed her. Even though it was awkward, again, this woman is probably a prostitute, you know, somebody very, according to society, very bad. So when that kind of person is touching your leg in public, people are asking, hmm, prophet, have you to know this woman? Yeah. 
It was awkward. Hmm. Are you sure you're a real prophet? You are meant to be a holy man. And in their time, uh, they didn't even let that kind of man touch them. Not talk of now massaging the leg with tears and air. It was awkward. But you know what? People will always talk. It's not your perfume. It's not your air. It is not your tears. Not even your leg. But people will always talk. It's why you can't live by what people will say. What will people say? If I do like this, if I say my mind, if I, if I, if I live, you know, you know, what will people say? You know, as a man that everybody thought should be a holy man, you will have tried to keep his reputation intact. That I don't stay my wife now. Ah, come on. You know, but Jesus prioritized loving and caring for people more than what people will say. Amen. Love first. Love first. Care for people first. Before what people will say. So, we cannot afford to live our lives based on the opinion of others. Yes, we must act in good conscience towards God, okay, and towards man. We must do that right. But we can't let ourselves be boxed into what will people say. Sometimes we want something really good, something really noble, but out of fear of what will people say. You know, people don't make moves. You know, it's as bad in society that someone is in, is that in a marriage where she is being beaten, but she cannot leave because what will my church members say? How will they hear that prayer warriors' marriage is not good? I mean, I'm the head of prayer ministry. You know, how will they hear? So they patch it up. What happened to you here? I fell off the staircase. What will people say? All right? So, if we would make the best of God's will for us on the earth, we can't be people pleasers. We cannot be people pleasers. People pleasers are really God pleasers. People pleasers are really God pleasers. Hallelujah. All right? So, we must free ourselves. Free yourself, okay, of being boxed by opinions. Do what is right from your own heart. Sincerity with God. Amen. Sincerity with God. God's will first. Love for people first. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, John 13. John 13. It's small men and women that are caged by people's opinions. You want them to like you to accept you, okay? So you fit into their box of opinion so they can accept you. You don't like them. We don't agree with them, right? But because, you know, you want the community, you, you, you want to be accepted by people that don't really care about you too. You know, you abide by their rules, their opinions, their thought patterns. And guess what? They don't really send you. This Judas guy here wasn't concerned about the poor. 
was only talking because he was stealing the money. Hallelujah. All right. John 13. John 13 from verse 1. Okay. Once to go, let's go. Once to go, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Uh -huh. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I like the Bible. There's a lot of romance, you know, when you talk about Jesus. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Ooh. Okay. Verse 2. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, same guy, son of Simon, you know, Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Verse 3. Jesus, please, read it slowly. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God, and he was returning to God. Verse 4. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Please pause. Now, the same Jesus that somebody washed his own feet, that received the honor, the adoration, the worship, the care, the love from somebody else, Someone washed his feet because he was master, you know, Lord, was a good man, was all that, right? The same, the same Jesus also, all right, took off his outer garment, right around his waist, okay, and began to wash the feet of other people. And see why he did it. John says, because he knew that God has put, follow me, all things under his control. And that he has come from God and he was going to God. So, his act of humility and service was because, look at this, God had put all under his control. He had come from God. He was going to God. So, his act of service was from identity. was from knowing who he is. Saying that being able to love, to give and receive love, being able to give and receive care, being able to, be, to serve and be served was because he understood who he is. That humility comes from wholeness. Did you get that? That he understood who he was. I'm, I'm big. I'm covered. I'm loved by God. I'm one with God. 
I have not to show off to anybody. I have not friends to anybody. So, you know, I, I, I don't need to act in a certain way to show I am this. Did you catch that? I used to people say, I will show you who I am. Isn't that right? I will show you who I am. Okay. It is because they are small. That's the idea. So they have to prove a point. That knowing who I am in Christ makes me, you know, makes me, gives me this, 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 this wholeness. This, you know, I don't have to show anybody anything to validate who I am. I am awesome. So it's not about what you say about me right now. It's me knowing from inside that I am awesome. I am loved. I don't need to go, go, go an extra, extra mile to make a lady or a guy love me. I'm not trying to force love. Amen. I'm not trying to, I'm not begging for love. I am loved. I'm loved. Hallelujah. There are people that struggle to receive love. Some struggle to give. They think everything's about them. Everything's about, you know, you are, you are, you know, Garfield. Everybody loves me, so everything's about you, okay? Yeah. They only care for themselves. Some only care for others. They suck at receiving love. In fact, they feel, they feel guilty. They feel guilty when people love upon them. They feel like it's a debt they begin to owe. They can't receive love. Some can't receive love. Some can't give love. But Christ, having this internal wholeness that comes from knowing who he is with God, could serve from identity, from inner validation. Is it possible? Of course it is. It's the truth. That the more we know God, the more we know ourselves in God, the more we are able to serve with humility. That you don't only learn to receive people serving you and, and loving you, but that's also equipped from inside to love people, to give to people, and to serve people. Know that God cares for me. I will always be fine. That you can even take some risk in loving people because you know that I'll be fine. I have this sword that never runs out. Hallelujah. You know, but Peter, like, like, like other disciples, they didn't always get it. Peter was like, Lord, will you wash my feet? That where I come from, okay, where I come from, when you are big, everyone saves you. You save nobody. Where I come from, Jesus, as we are raised, though, where we come from, if you are the big boy, everyone saves you. You save nobody. But Christ had to make him understand. All right? That if I, your Lord and your Master, all right, can wash your feet, I'm teaching you so that you understand, okay, that you must do this also for those around you. That you must serve people with love, humility. That being a leader is being one that serves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
All right? So this, 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 um, these disciples, at some point in Luke 9, you know, Christ went to a city with two of them, or three of them, and they bounced them there. And they said, Master, they bounced you. Let's call down fire like Elijah to burn them. How dare they bounce you? How dare? Let's call fire. And what will come from? Power is expressed. You will show them that your father is the corner. Look how stupid things. These same guys again. This time, John and his brother, their mother, mother came to meet Jesus and said, We heard they're going to your father's kingdom. When you get there, okay, I want my two sons, one on your left, the other on your right. Power hungry people. Hallelujah. Power hungry. Okay? And Christ, no, because they cry between disciples, okay? When they when when heard about the issue, they all angry that, eh, so you're going to be on our back to lobby our bee. They were all angry. And you know, they, why they were angry? Angry because they want, want, want the same thing. They also wanted to be at right and left. So they all, were pleased that, how could you go before us to go and lobby at our back to get it? They all wanted the same thing to be at the right and on the left. Not to serve you, but to be the main guys. The happening disciple. Disciple one, disciple two. Or Christ told them something. He said, people of this world, kings of this world, they bully their, their, their subordinates. They lord over them. But let it not be so amongst you. Okay? But in this kingdom, the one who is top is the one who serves. That in this kingdom, being a leader is being one that serves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the kind of life I'm introducing to you is not a life of only getting. Amen. It's a life of being so old, you are able to give and to receive. You are able to love and to be loved. Able to care and to be cared for. It's not just about getting and getting and getting. It's about knowing how to, you know, how to flow both ways. It's oldness. And this oldness comes from understanding your identity in Christ. Hallelujah. All right? But we'll see that over time, they began to get it. Because these same guys, when Christ died and resurrected, they became those that did not mind suffering for the gospel. They went from being power grabbers to being those that would not mind paying the ultimate price for the gospel. To preach, you know, you know to preach for people to get saved. In Acts 5, they were flogged. They were flogged for the gospel. And they said, we go again. They counted it joy to suffer for the name of Christ. They had gone from power grabbers. They had gone from, you know, kind of people, to people that will serve, you know, and lay down their life for the gospel. We see John also. John going from the guy that, was, that his mother was lobbying for him to be left and the right. John became apostle. John the beloved. That all, all, his, all his Bible, all his, all his books are about love, love. When you read the book of John, like John, John wrote John, okay? Everywhere, love, 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 love. First John, love, love. What changed? They had been with Christ. Hallelujah. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. That life to the full, you know, is understanding and being settled in your identity in Christ. Who you are in Christ. 
what he has done for you. That life to the fullness happens within before it is without. Life to this fullness starts from within before it is without. That it's not really about what happens around you. It's about what is happening inside of you. That begins now govern what happens around you. And this life to the fullness is being settled in your identity in Christ. Who I am. What he has done for me. His callings for me. His plans for me. Hallelujah. All right. Let's just get on the screen. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That these same guys that were, that, that were all that before, they began to show in their lives fruits of change. They became courageous men, loving men, solid people. Said, okay, they now took note that these ordinary guys had been changed by some. What changed them? That they had been with Christ. That they had been with Christ. So it is in our, it, it, in our walk with God that we begin to get transformed, you know, every day, more and more to become more and more settled in who we are in Christ. That we are transformed from being, you know, f- from, from being close to God, from our intimacy with God, alright? That we are transformed by intimacy. That, you know, Christ called these guys as they were. They came as they were, but they did not stay as they were. Okay? We come as we are to learn to grow and to become better people. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 2, 1 to, 1 to 10, talks about who we were before, all right? That we were once dead in our sins and trespasses, we were dead in stuff, you know. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. One to go. As for you, you were, keep going, all right? In which you used to live when you followed those of this world under the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse 3, Look at this. All of us also lived among them at one time. Please pause. You know, when you read when, when the epistles, you have to see the tenses of it. You have to see the tenses, okay? It says, all of us also live. Did it say live? Lived. Says, at one point, we lived like this. At one point, we were like this. Again, telling us that, okay, there has to be a difference between how we came and what we become by coming to Christ. Hallelujah. There has to be a sign of growth because you have been with Jesus. You have to draw a line between your old life and your new life now in Christ. Okay, let's go together. We are defined the prince of, of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. Continue. Like the rest, we guy, like the rest, we were by nature deserving. Again, we were. All right, look at the where where we lived. You know, past tense. All right? But now we're in Christ. And there has to be a change because we're in Christ. Hallelujah. So we must see what we were and what we are now. Verse 4. But. See, pause. When you read the Bible, read it carefully. There's no rush. The but separates again what was 
from what is. Explaining what changed in between. This was this. And then something happened. Hallelujah. Okay? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, this is what changed your life, okay? God, was, okay, verse 5, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved, all right? So Christ came into your life, okay, and drew a line between your past and your today. And he said, okay, before you met me, you were this, you were that, you were proud, you were boastful, you were vengeful, you were wicked, you were a chronic liar, you were, 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 all right, amen. But something happened. Christ came into your life, and he gave you a new life, that, that you stop looking like your past life. Hallelujah. All right? It is by grace you have been saved. Verse 6, what to go? And God raised us up with Christ. And what? Set us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, again, when we got saved, he raised us. And it just, it just raised us, you know, um, just from here, you know, to here. It's not just a small raising. He didn't just take it from, from here and put you here. The Bible says you are far above. Ephesians 1, 20, 20. It says it, we are far above. So it's not just a little gap between your, your present and your past. Hallelujah. That it raised us far above. Making it clear how far we have come from what we used to be. Hallelujah. The gap between me and my past in Christ is a far above gap. Amen. All right? Okay, verse 7. Verse 7. Look at this. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed to us, expressed in his kindness to us, in Christ Jesus. So he took us far above, so that with us, it will show the entire world, okay, how rich his grace is, expressed in his kindness towards us who in him. Hallelujah. That the believer is meant to be a signpost of God's kindness. That throughout all ages, it will through you and I show the world how kind he is to his children. Hallelujah. Verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is what? The gift of God. Verse 9. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hallelujah. So, yes. We are saved by grace through faith. Important, right? But we are not just saved to stay like that, okay? We are saved to do good works. Saved so that over time, okay, as we grow in Christ, okay, what he has done in us, we begin to show in how we live our lives. Hallelujah. So we are saved to be able to do good works. When he saved you, it took you very far from your old life. In fact, your old man died. He gave you a brand new life. 
all right? And this brand new life is a life that is able to do good works. So it's, it's not as though we are trying to become something. When we came into Christ, we became brand new beings that are able to live a brand new life. Hallelujah. All right? So we are saved without good works, but we are saved unto good works. Hallelujah. And this transformation begins from inside out. Glory to Jesus. Romans 12, Romans 12, Romans 12, Romans 12, 1 to 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2. When you got saved, your spirit man got saved, right? But your mind did not change. Hope you know. Hallelujah. We're together this morning. Your spirit man got saved, but your mind didn't. Hallelujah. All right? One to go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2. Don't be con- not so much part of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's, what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he says, when you get saved, the spirit man gets saved, all right? Your body is not saved, hope you know. Your mind also is not saved. So you present your body to God in holy works. How? By transforming your mind. And this is where our work with God comes in. It's now our work with God, being intimate with God, they were transformed from inside out. Did we get that? Your spirit is saved. Your mind is not saved. Okay? Your body is not saved. So because you now have a spirit, you can then fellowship with God. Okay? And in that fellowship with him, it begins to transform your mind so that your mind can give your body better instructions. Hallelujah. That's working with him will change how you think. Will change how you see life. I used, I used to think couples where over time begin to look alike. Not like these people look alike. That's never Yeah. Or they talk. And while talking, this one says, hey, if I finish saying it's I finish finish what for him. We're going to the cinema. Okay, calm down. All right. What happened? By being together by being intimate, you know, they learn each other. Hallelujah. They think alike, and in some cases, they look alike. So, my walking with God in intimacy is how I become transformed to think and see life like him, to begin to look like him. Hallelujah. So, I am transformed by intimacy. That walking with God begins to change how I think. Today, correct me with this. Tomorrow, correct me with that. Okay? And the more I yield to him, the more I become like him in intimacy, in fellowship. Glory to God. It's working with God that makes me understand, you know, I'm cared for. It will provide for me. So I don't cut corners. My father loves me. I will be fine. So it guess what I do and what I don't do. 
If you don't do this, will happen. My father loves me. I'll be fine. How do I get there? Fellowship. In that, that form of, I've worked with God. I, I know. I'm not guessing. I know how things turn out. So in intimacy, I see God clearer. I know myself better. I know his will clearer. I see myself clearer. I'm more secure. Because I know him. By knowing him, I know his love. I know how far God will go for me. I know somebody loves me intensely much. And that begins to guard, you know, how I see life. When I see Jesus and see, you know, how far he will go for people, I know ah, this is my model. By seeing him, you know, I begin to become like him. I can go that far for people of God. I see him. I see this man walk with Pharisees, tax collectors, prostitutes, everybody. Everyone was welcome. And this man is the only man. In fact, he was God in flesh. So I see God dining with sinners. You know, I, I, don't, have any, I don't have any excuse. You get me? I see God Daniel, with people that people said, this guy is so few, they avoid him. I see God in Christ, walking with them. So it's by me knowing Christ, okay, knowing his character in scripture and by intimacy that I am changed into that very same image. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We are changed by intimacy. Want to go? And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory have been what? Transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as I behold him, as I walk with him, I am being transformed into his image. It comes from intimacy. So we'll see Christ take, take, take his guys aside and teach them and correct them. Not in public, not in the crowd. When they are on their own with him, they ask him questions. Why couldn't we do this? Why did you do that? How does this work in intimacy? It will then begin to teach them. We see Christ also, that Christ will dine with everybody, but we'll see also find time to go and hide with God. He will find a space to spend time with God. Now, will now come back and say, I only do what I see my father do. Where did he see it? In his time alone, intimately with God. So I am transformed in that place of intimacy. So the man that will see real change in his life must be one that craves time with God in intimacy. That my prayer life is not where I score points. You don't need to know how long I present your business. Amen? You don't need it. I don't need to know that you pray five hours. I don't, I don't need it. But that you, between you and God, you have an understanding. That your work with him is swelled in intimacy. 
Hallelujah. That is in that I am transformed. Again, it's not about how long I pray. It's not about, you know, it's not about, uh, it's about the fruits of your prayer life. The fruits of your work with God. So, am I knowing God better? Am I more secure in who I am in Him? Do I feel validated by God? Or I need men to tell me you are doing well? Hallelujah. All right? In intimacy, we are transformed. In intimacy, we are convinced. We are led. We are directed. We are made whole in intimacy. Hallelujah. Transformed in intimacy. Galatians 5. 2024. 2024. Galatians 5. 2, 2, 2, 2, 4. Want to go? But the fruits of the Spirit is what? Is love. Is joy. Peace. Forbearance. Kindness. Goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus are crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, so it calls them fruits. Fruits are cultivated. Hallelujah. And they grow, right? But this cultivation this growth is in that place of intimacy. That's my point today. I am transformed in intimacy. All right. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. When I allow God transform me from inside out, these fruits will show in my life. People will see me and say, "This guy is more kind. You know, he's nicer." It's more welcoming. It's more understanding. It's more loving. In fact, it's bolder. It's more courageous. It's more daring. Why? I have been with Christ. I spend time with God. So when you come and say, ah, I pray, kinikon, kinikon, when we see your life, it's not changing. You're not praying. You're stunting. Stunt as in, you're just pulling stunts. Amen. I'm the prayer of my church. Fantastic. If your life is not changing, you are just doing stunts. The proof of intimacy is transformation. The proof of intimacy is what? Transformation. If I am really building him, I will be like him. If I am truly building him, it reflects on me. I'll begin to look like what I build. I will bear fruit of character and power and soundness, mental wholeness, balance. I will love people. I will be able to give and receive love. I will be able to serve and be saved. I will feel good anyway. Hallelujah. Once we go, for God did not give us spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. But he has what? Giving us a spirit of power huh? and of love I like this, and of sound judgment. Look at that. And personal discipline. Look at this. 
abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Hallelujah. My walk with God should produce in me soundness of character. Mental balance, as in you are okay. You are not, today, you are not flipping out. Everyone just, everyone just offend you. Poof, you have gone up. You are born like, you know, like, Hallelujah. All right? That if I allow this fruit in my life, I will get this. I will walk in power. I will walk in love. I will have sound judgment. I will make good choices. When I make choices, like, this guy is hearing God. This guy has a walk with God. Ah, this guy has a walk with God. It will show in sound judgment. It will show in discipline. I'm in control of my actions. Hallelujah. I know how to say yes, how to say no. I have sound discipline. This is what the Spirit works in us in intimacy. It will show in relationships. It will show on your Twitter what you like, what you love, what you eat, what you displease, what displeases you. So I see believers praising some white people on Twitter. You are standing mad people. You like them because they are petty. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right? My work with God will produce in me fruits of character. All right, all right, all right. Johnson. Let me give an example before I forget John. Let me give an example before I get to John said. So yesterday, I was reading, you know, um, John 11. Christ prayed a prayer and said, you know, I know you don't you always hear me. But I'm saying this so people can believe. That between me and you, I know you'd always hear me. So this prayer is not about me. It's about the people that are here right now so that they can believe. And again in John 12, a voice came from heaven and he said, that voice is not for me. That voice came for you. Meaning that the miracles and all that drama that happened publicly did not move him. They didn't make him feel like God is good. Oh, wow. God loves me. God hears me. No, it didn't move him. He was already moved in his intimacy with God. That all his validation, all his, all his, all his knowledge of God, of God's goodness, it's not come in public. It came from private. So whatever happens in public is for the people, not for him. Do you understand? That, that began to tell me again. I told her, my work with God is not what happens on the stage or with people. My work with God is what happens in our private space. My point is how working with God in your study, in your prayer, begins to change how you think. Did you catch that? Look at that. I'm talking about how we are changed by intimacy with God. How we begin to change how we think, okay? In our study, all right, in our prayer life, in our work with him, how we change how we think by being one with him, by, by being, you know, by fellowship with him. That, you know, it's in that place with God that we get his word that changes how we think. Do you understand? When I see the way Christ thinks, it changes how I think and see life. I will see this guy, this Christ guy, 
everywhere with people, but still had time with God. He'll be with Pharisee now. That's what I thought next. And that, uh, it was everywhere, right? But he will still find a way to run from people to be with God. He was the people's man, was also God's man. The people love him, right? Loves him, but he will still find time to run away and be with God. So I learned also. I'm a pastor. People, everybody's talking to me every day. I must still find time to run away and be with God. Talking about how we are changed by seeing God in Scripture. How we changes how we see life and make decisions. John 10, 10. John 10, 10. John 10, 10. Look at this. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I have not come to put a chokehold on your life. I did not come to limit you, but that I've come to give you a life that is really life. That by walking with me, you live life to the full. That by being intimate with me, you live life to the full. You live a life that is really worth living. Telling us our best lives are our Jesus lives. That the life you allow God to walk out through you is what is really life. And this life will not be a life that you, that you feel, you know, is boring, is dry, is limited. That no, you will enjoy this Jesus life. Our best life, our Jesus life. Like, like, it's not, not about, about what we get. You know, when we, when we read this, people only see what we get from, being, from, from working with God, what we get. It's about what we become. About what we become. Working with him will change me. I become somebody else. I become a better person. Okay? It's about what I get that makes what I become, and that becomes what I'm able to give up because of, what I, because of where I am right now. What I get that makes what I now become, that now makes me able to give out. Hallelujah. My working with God will transform me, make me to somebody that can give out love, give out care, be humble, be kind, be nice. By working with God, I become a better father, better husband, better sibling, better colleague. Hallelujah. That I live a life that is really freeing, without scandal or compromise. Hallelujah. A life of love. Life of service. I know how to abound and how to abase. And how to live large and how to live small, serving people. It's a life that God works through. And this is what he calls life to the full. That life to the full is a life that Jesus walks in through you. That if I will live a life that is really life, all right, it will come from intimacy with Jesus. And what that works into me, that sense of wholeness, of peace, of love, of validation. I don't live by what people say about me. I'm fine with what God says about me. And says, this is really life. A life that is built around Jesus as the center. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. 
that validation from intimacy leads to transformation of character and living life to its fullness. That live a life of character, a life of power, a life of service and of surplus. Hallelujah. A life of power and of love, of self-control and humility. A life of having all things and yet add by nothing. Having all things, add by nothing. That only God has me. All right? And able to lay it all down. This is what God works in us. This morning, I want us to just go about it in our thoughts, okay? Just go about it in your thoughts. And um, begin to just contemplate your lives. All right? What being one with God can bring to your life? What being, being intimate with Jesus can bring to your character? What really knowing, you know, who you are in Christ can work in you? And how it can change your thoughts, your habits, your character. What will you do differently if you know that God loves you and will not let you down? What will you cut off in your life? Knowing that God is with you and God is enough for you. He will always be there for you. Go right in your thoughts. Go right in your thoughts. Go right in your thoughts. And make a commitment to God this morning to intimacy, to fellowship. Actually praying, okay? Yeah. Lord, this morning I realize that my best life is a life you walk out of me and you walk out from within me. That real peace is peace that comes from knowing who I am in you. Is, you know, living life with you, for you, in good conscience, not caged by what people say around me. That I'm so validated in my work with you, in intimacy, that, you know, even though I care for people, right, but I'm not boxed by their opinions. I allow myself to be free, free, freedom that comes from wholeness, that comes from intimacy. Some people are so burdened with life based on what people say about them. They have steps to take they cannot take because of what people will say. They are, they, are, they are so choked with life's worries 
And guess what? It's not even their own worries. It's other people's worries. What people will say. They can barely breathe. This morning, God is asking you to receive wholeness from inside. That this wholeness will drive you to make better choices. You will take better steps. Free from shackles of opinions and people's thoughts. You will do the right thing because you know it's the right thing to do. If I leave them, what would they say about me? If I do this right now, how would they feel? Can I live without them? Can I live without this? Can I live without him? Can I live without her? What if they reject me? What if I'm all alone by myself? This morning God says to you that when you know you have come from God and you are going to God, when you know that all things have been put under your feet, when you know these things, you know, it's, not, it's not just a head knowledge, but it's something that comes into you by your, by your intimacy with Christ. When you know these things, you will make better actions, you take better steps, you live a better life. You'll be free to be all you can be. Free to live right. Are we praying this morning? Some contemplate, you know, wrong marriages because who would then marry me like this? Who would love me? The answer is intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy with Jesus. Oneness with Jesus. If only he loves me, I'll do the right thing. And transform by intimacy. Someone needs to learn to carve out time to be with God. Carve out that white space in your, in your day. Leave that time free of any to do. Just leave that time free. Just time with God. Time with God. I've learned by practice that if I would pray well, I should carve out that time, that time with God. Times when my phones are off or airplane mode or offline and just sit there with Jesus. And just sit there with Jesus. Yes, I talk to him all day, right? Yeah. But I also have to learn to make out that time, that time with Jesus. That is when I am transformed. That is when I am strengthened. That's when I am changed. That time with Jesus. Just there on my seat or pacing my room. Just talking to the Father. This morning we're coming to this. We commit to intimacy. 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 Father, this morning, I pray for your children this morning. I, I really, I, I pray that this morning they got what you had to pass across. That validation, security, wholeness is what you bring. It comes from you alone. 
I pray that they actually get it. And that they begin to crave intimacy with you. Knowing that it's from intimacy that they are transformed. They were transformed in that place of aloneness, of intimacy with you. That we learn to see our study lives, our prayer lives, as where we are transformed. As points of love and intimacy. Not where we score marks of reading 10, 10 chapters or praying 2 hours. That would change to see it as where we cultivate being intimate with you and where we are transformed. I pray also that we see that Jesus gives us our best lives. And this life is beyond just getting. It's what we become and what we are able to do because of what we have become. That we live in life that is truly life, a free life, a whole life of security, of peace, of oldness that comes from you alone. Father, I thank you. That this will produce in us fruits of character and power, mental balance, sound character, sound judgment. That people will see us and they will then know that when this guy lives his life, he has been with Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.